Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2020. This is David talking about Step 12. My name's Dave, I'm an alcoholic. Um, always have a hundred things go through my head and I'm about to not remember any one of them about the things I wanted to say. But I want to say thank you to the group that's um, put this together. I know there's always a lot of hard work and effort goes into organising these things. But also, we particularly want to thank the people who have turned up and laughed. I've noticed that this weekend there's been a lot of laughter. And I love that about recovery. You know, the 12th step... Um, I was introduced to the 12th step well before... Um, well before I uh, got a sponsor and did the steps. I was introduced to the 12th step at the, um, the detox I was in. I got to that detox via a psych ward after taking an attempt of my own life. And uh, it was a six-day detox. I didn't have a solution. I didn't have a diagnosis. And on the Thursday evening at the Western General Hospital, there was a meeting that used to be held in that in there, and there was two men came over to the detox and said, "Does anyone here want to go to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous?" It was a question. It wasn't mandatory. It wasn't compulsory. And I knew nothing about Alcoholics Anonymous. I knew nothing about being an alcoholic. I'd been told I was, but I didn't know what it meant. And uh, my body got up and followed those men to that meeting, and we walked over and. And uh, I'd like to say that I could remember some white light experience of going to my first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, but the reality is I remember the chairs we sat in because they were very uncomfortable. They were student uh, nurse, nurses' desks. We had to sort of squeeze in, and I remember where the coffee was, and that's it. And we walked back after that meeting, and, and um, I got released a couple of days later, and and uh, to my knowledge and understanding, the only thing I knew of a solution that I had with me at that point in time was the packet of Valium that they were sending me home with. Little did I know that this was working without me having made any conscious decision to do anything about it. And three days later, I went to my next meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous in my hometown of Ballarat. And I uh, went to a lot of meetings. What I didn't get or hear, I'm not sure whether, I, I used to think it was never spoken about, but I had to rethink that and say, well, maybe I wasn't capable of hearing it. I never heard the diagnosis of what it was to be an alcoholic for quite some time. So my primary purpose today is, um, is about carrying that message and when I get the opportunity to carry that message, and I get to do that, I love going to, um, I go to a prison up home. I've been going there for 10 and a half years on a Thursday night. And uh, the maths of going there once a week for 10 and a half years is probably one of the most consistent things I've done. And I've probably missed about maybe 10 meetings in that time. And the value for me is to, um, you know, when we talk about we carry this message 
um, is to know what I'm talking about because um, sometimes there's only a very small window of opportunity to tell someone what it is to be an alcoholic. And uh, so I need to understand what that is. And, you know, the process of that, you know, it's been taken through these, this book by several sponsors. And um, so I understand what it is to be an alcoholic now. And I understand how to carry that message and what message I am to carry. You know, and the beauty of... Um, I've also, um, I'm also on the roster for the, um, the same detox that I visited. I go back there and they don't have the meeting there anymore. We sit down and we talk to the, the clients that are there in just a little lounge room setting. It's compulsory for them to turn up if they're well enough. And once again, I don't know the, the effect that I have other than knowing the results of what happened when someone carried the message to me. I didn't necessarily understand it. And I, sometimes I talk to the, the staff at that detox and I tell them you know, that I'm a, a, I'm a recipient of, the, of coming here. I'm alive today and I'm sober today as a result of you doing your job of keeping me alive long enough for God to do his job. And sometimes the expression of that is that they are quite, quite amazed. And the other thing that happened to me as a result of that, um, that detox was, you know, with AA, I'm one of those people that, you know, seems to f get conned a lot into doing stuff. And um, I got conned into driving a bloke to an area assembly to do some service work. He was in Ballarat and he said, I don't have a car, can you drive me? Chronic people, please give me something to do and I'll do it. As long as I'm going to look good about it, because he'll talk to people about it, you know, tell me how good I am, etc. And um, I was at that area assembly outside at lunchtime, and the, there's a guy there, and he said, um, he said to me, he said, uh, you look familiar. He said, um, where are you from? I told him I'm from Ballarat. He goes, no, I've been to Ballarat. I said, uh, I said, so where are you from? He said, oh, my home group's the Western General Hospital. I said, well, you very well could be one of the men who carried the message to me, took me to my very first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. I couldn't recognise whether he was or not because he was on the roster to do it. But the look on his face and the words that came out of his mouth, you know, the words that came out of his, his mouth were, oh, my God, it works. And I said, yes, it does. Don't ever stop doing it. And when I carry that same thought process into what I do when I go into the prison is that I don't know what works and when it's going to work. That's not my job. That's God's job. My job is to front up and carry this message, not the mess. And, um, and that's, that's my responsibility. And, and to, watch, to watch it talks about in the book, you know, it says in, you know, there's a whole chapter devoted to this and a whole lot of instructions on what I'm, and how to prepare me for working with other people. And, you know, and it talks in there about being a bright spot, about watching people grow and recover, you know. And, and my experience of going into an institution like the prison is it took quite a while for us fronting up every Thursday night before, even before the, when the, when the, for the prison officers to take one look at us and go, these guys are just going to keep coming. They're here. They're not going anywhere. Oh, my God, it's you again. You know, and it took a while to establish that trust that, you know, we're not some... You know, fly by night 
something or other, you know, and, and they'd had that. They have people come in and get clearances and, and don't follow through with their obligations. And, and I understand that today is that's my responsibility as a sober member of AA is to do that, to be able to front up, to be consistent, to front up, be respectful, you know, front up with, you know, decently dressed and whatever their rules are and their rules change every week. So you just got to go with it and go, yep. Yes, sir. No, sir. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to sign this today? You want me to sign that? Doesn't matter. You tell me what we're going to do. We'll, we'll do it. You know, and, and it's taken time to establish that trust and relationship with them. But to watch men grow and change, you know, particularly in the in the last two years, there's a particular guy up in the prison I go to at the moment, and he's a miracle, an absolute miracle. He's become a friend of mine as well. You know, and and. Uh, He struggled with the concept of God through some of his personal stuff. And he struggled with the concept of, of identifying as an alcoholic. And if it, if it wasn't for the message that's carried in this book, and that's what we work from when we're up there in that prison, and, and we've, I've tried other things over the course of time. We've tried just doing ID meetings, and we've tried... You know, but coming back to the coming back to the solution is the thing that works. And there's another guy in that prison at the moment who's a who's a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and has been for a long time. And he said to me last year, he said, "I'm effing sick of reading out of that book. Why do we have to do it?" Why can't we just have ID meetings? And I said, well, because as long as I'm coming into this prison, we're reading out of this book. And he's been sober for a long time, but I wasn't going to yield to somebody's wish of wanting to just build a mess. And when he shares, that's what he does. He just talks about what happened to him and blah, blah, blah. And that's his... That's his responsibility. That's his journey. My responsibility is to come back and stay focused on what this message is. And when we first went up to that prison, and, and when the the, um, the second edition of the Australian Big Book came out, there's a story in the back of there about a guy who's been was incarcerated at the Port Prison. Thank you. Um, the Port Prison, um, Port Phillip Prison. And uh, we thought it might have been, so we took a couple of copies up there and one of the guys said to me, he said, because we had the little copies and that's what um, the Victorian Prisons Intergroup tries to get those small copies of, of the big book into prisoners' hands and uh, he said, where can I get one of those big ones? He said, I'd like a big copy. I said, cool, bring you one in next week. So we took him in one and he asked me and my mate, he said, you know, like we're rock stars, he said, can you autograph the front of it for us? So, <laughs> We did that for him. And there were three or four other guys around the meeting and they said, we'd like one too. No problem. Went back to the district, local district and said, we need some more funds, we need some more. And so we did that, we took it up there. And, you know, and then you watch, watch these men walk through the prison yard, not hiding this, proudly walking with their big book in hand, going to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. If you do that amongst 400 people where, they, where you're going to be ridiculed about doing something like that, it takes a lot of guts. And they're very proud of what they do. <coughs> so much so that up to recently, we weren't able to 
they weren't able to facilitate the meeting unless it was someone from the outside, which was very difficult because it meant we, needed, we had to be there all the time for them to have that meeting. And in recent times, and this is, I believe, is, is, is how Alcoholics Anonymous works and that, and that continual discipline of doing something again and again and again and again and again without not trying to force our will upon anybody. In the last 12 months, I've had... Um, we've got a couple of guys cleared to get into prison, but we've got all we've all got stuff going on in our lives. And in the last 12 months, I've had a few things go on, and I hadn't hadn't been able to attend. So much so that one night when I missed out going up there, my mate, who I've established a friendship with, in the prison, and he knew that um, I've been going through some physical pain stuff, and he knew I was on some pain medication. He was that worried that I topped over, tripped over the edge. So he rang me up to find out if I was okay because he thought, you know, because he knows the effect of medication. So he's a man who, you know, with showing compassion to another human being. Anyway, as of recent times, because of this, and I've got to go back in and have some more surgery coming up very soon. So we can't, this, this prisoner took it upon himself to talk to the governor and say, this is what's going to be happening, but we want to continue to have our AA meeting. How can we do it? And the governor said to him, he said, well, if you can get, if you get the guys from AA to send me an email and explain the situation to them, I'm sure we'll be able to facilitate it for you. And we did that. So we followed through. And the week before last, when I was un unable to get there, they held their first meeting under their own steam. And they get in there and they set up the banners for themselves. They get in early, they put them up, and they put them up as straight as I've ever seen banners put up. <laughs> They are so proud of what they do. And this particular guy, my friend, was very nervous about, as he calls it, facilitating his first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous because there was the peer pressure from that other person who wanted an ID meeting and was pressuring him. And he goes, no. He said, I've been shown to run this meeting through this book. That's what we're going to do. And he did it. And he said, I was shitting myself. <laughs> but they did it. And he was so proud. And he got feedback from, from the other guys who said it was wonderful. Consistency, consistency, consistency. The discipline of doing that stuff again and again and again is the way it is. And, and, and I've been in contact with the, what's called the project coordinator at the prison in recent times. And she's so wrapped. She's so wrapped that they can run their own meeting now under their own steam. She's so wrapped that Alcoholics Anonymous has been fronting up for so long, so consistently. And if that's, if that's what that means to carry that message for me, to be cons consistent, to have a, an understanding. And it's quite fascinating when you're talking. I was talking with an officer up there the other night and she said, Oh, so you're a volunteer or you get paid? I go, no, I'm a volunteer. And she goes, oh, how long have you been doing it? I said, ten and a half years. And she just looked at me, why would you do anything for ten and a half years voluntarily? You know, and trying to, ex trying to explain that to them, that, that, you know, that, that I need to do this for me. And, and that brings me to the couple of examples of the guys there that, you know, for, for a long time they would, be, they would be saying to me and my ego would feed into it and they would say, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. 
and I would keep saying, I mean, mate, I'm not in this alone, but, you know, a lot of the time it's my, the experiences I've had and, and would say to them, I'm here for my own sobriety. I need to do this to stay sober. And one guy took me aside one night and he said to me, he said, we don't say thank you because we understand why you're coming. We understand that you need it for your own sobriety. He says, we're saying thank you because you treat us like human beings. You just treat us like a human being. And at Christmas time, I got a Christmas card from the guys. They signed it from that AA meeting. And there's a couple of, one guy wrote it in there. He wrote, Thank you for showing me compassion. The greatest gift I believe any human being can give to another person. Don't go out of my way to try and be compassionate. Is what this program's taught me. Another guy wrote in there to the, to the effect of thank you for setting an example of what it is that it is capable of living a normal life. And I, when I, when I have those things happen to me, I've got to reflect on how did I get that. And I didn't get it by just stopping drinking, which is what I tried when I got here. Because nothing changed. The only time it changed for me was when I was introduced to this book and introduced to me as an alcoholic and what it means to be an alcoholic. Because I know when I came to AA and I sat in my early meetings and I would sit there and there would be 30 people there and they'd be all go around the room and identify and it got to me and I'd just go, yep, my name's Dave, I'm an alcoholic and I didn't know what I was fessing up to. But thank God someone explained it to me. And then when they explained to me what the problem was, then they explained to me the solution. And once I had that solution, there was no stopping me. You know, and, and I'm grateful for weekends like this that continue to remind me of what it's like. And you know, we go through the steps and a weekend like this gives a, a lot of people's you know, experiences, their different experiences, and I've, I've, I've gleaned a lot out of it. And um, it's been wonderful for me because I didn't want to be here. You know, I still carry a lot of that fear sometimes of things to do. And, um, but I'm ever so grateful that I took up the opportunity of, um, of coming and making a decision to turn up here. And um, on that note, I'd just like to say God bless you all. Thank you. Information about the Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available at stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au.